Good evening. On Tuesday of Holy Week, Jesus went back into Jerusalem. Went back into Jerusalem and to the temple. And in the temple, he began to teach. There are, if you read through um, Matthew chapter 21 through uh, 24 and 25 and into the beginning of 26, there are three groups or crowds or types of people that Jesus preached to that day. Uh, He spoke to the religious leaders. He spoke to the multitudes and he spoke to the disciples. Um, And yet before that, he came um, he came to that fig tree that was withered. And the disciples had some questions about that. Now, this, uh, this first group of people that he preached to, that he was talking to, that he was um, giving them warnings, giving warnings to, were the religious leaders, the chief priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, and even a scribe came and asked him a question and he answered the question. Uh, and these were what I'm going to call, or what I'm calling hardened unbelievers. They were not seeking the truth. They didn't want to know who Jesus really was. The questions that they asked him were not designed to seek out truth. They were designed to trap Jesus. And then uh, there were the multitudes. And when Jesus spoke to the multitudes, uh, this the sermon, if you want to call it that, the teachings are full of woe, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Uh, seven, eight, nine, or ten times, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. And what he was doing in this portion was he was warning the people, the multitudes, don't be like the scribes and the Pharisees. Don't be like them. They, they tell you the right things to do, but they don't do the right things themselves. So don't be like the scribes and the Pharisees. And then after that was over, he and his disciples um, left to go to the Mount of Olives And before he does, on his way out, he laments over Jerusalem, 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 the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. And see, your house is left to you desolate. I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then he goes out from the temple and he begins to teach the disciples about the end times and about what's going to happen to them because they are believers because they are followers of Jesus Christ. And so those are the groups that he's teaching and the things that he's kind of a, a summary of what he's teaching. All of that happens from Matthew 20, uh, 21 verses 20 through Matthew 26 too. That's too much for us to deal with in this time or even in several weeks span. So today our text is uh, Matthew chapter 21 uh, verses 20 through 27. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I'll ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, We do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things.
And so as we look at the text, the first thing that we see in this part of the text is the disciples and Jesus going back into uh, Jerusalem. And in, in uh, the book of Matthew, um, they, uh, he, he puts this all in one day. Uh, he puts the cleaning of the temple, the cleansing of the temple the day before, and the cursing of the fig tree and the withering of the fig tree in, on, this, on Tuesday instead of on Monday. But in the book of Mark, he puts the cursing of the fig tree on one day, and then he goes um, and, and he puts the cleansing of the temple the next day and the withering of the fig tree on that same day as the cleansing of the temple. And so um, he kind of sandwiches the cleansing of the temple between the cursing of the fig tree and the withering of the fig tree. Um, and um, so they're kind of wondering what in the world's going on? Why is it so? Uh, why did it happen so quickly? Um, and he doesn't really answer why it happened so quickly. Jesus doesn't. Um, how did it wither so soon? But, but you think about it, it was Jesus. Quite simply, Jesus told it that, that, that let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately it, it withered. How did it do it so quickly? Because it was Jesus that told it that was going to happen. And he says, listen, it has a lot to do with faith. If you have faith and you do not doubt, um, you will not only do what was done in, to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and it will be done. And, and as we look at that, we see um, that quite simply in the Old Testament, uh, judgment is described, judgment on Israel is described in terms of the land not producing figs on the trees, producing no fig trees. Um, and so uh, you look at that and you correlate the Old Testament with this one and you put them together and you see what's happening there to Jesus. Or what he's doing is he's saying, Jerusalem, guess what? You've been cursed. Um, you've, you've, you, you, you haven't trusted in Messiah as Messiah. And guess what? Bad things are happening. You're going to, be with, you're going to wither and, and your, your um, religious rites and rituals are no longer going to matter. They're not important anymore. And in fact, uh, then, then he says, um, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Whatever you ask um, uh, probably has more to do with the uh, replacing the Jewish religious rituals and sacrifices with the new covenant that Jesus is inaugurating that does with the, them saying, you can get whatever you want. You know, some people will take this text and they'll go, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Well, I believe Jesus is going to give me a 1966 Batmobile, the real one, the first one that was ever made. No, that's nonsense. That's, um, that's malarkey. That's ridiculous. Um, for me to have something like that would be utterly ridiculous. It doesn't, it doesn't further the kingdom of God in any way whatsoever. And, and so it's not talking about that kind of thing. You're going to get whatever you want if you just believe that God's going to give it to you. That's kind of like using God's name as a talisman or a good luck charm. And, and he tells us not to do that. And so it has more to do with the idea that, um, that this religious uh, rites and rituals and sacrifices of the Jews are going to be replaced by, the, um, by faith and prayer. And so now, faith and prayer, instead of the sacrifices and, uh, and, uh, and the sacrifices in the temple, faith and prayer are the way to God instead of those things. And so that's probably the lesson he's trying to get at more than anything else. And then, uh, and then he, while he's teaching, the Pharisees come up, the chief priests and the elders come up and they confront him. He's teaching the people and he's teaching his disciples and they come up and they just interrupt and there's no, um, 
no, uh, probably, likely, no kind of, uh, of manners at all. They're just rude. They interrupt and they come up, come up and they ask him this question. By what authority are you doing these things? And, and it's probably not a peaceful thing. By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you the, the, this authority? It, 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 it reminds me of what happened later after his resurrection in Acts chapter 4 when the disciples had been uh, preaching in the temple and they had... Um, uh, they walked into the temple and they saw the, the, the lame man and Peter looked down at him and said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And, because, and he did. He reached down and grabbed his hand and the lame man got up and started walking and leaping and praising God and he went into the temple and everybody was going crazy. And, and a crowd gathered and, G, and Peter started preaching and pretty soon they arrested him and they told them um, that that they set him in the midst and they asked, by what name, by what power, by what name have you done this? And it's interesting because you think about that question. Why would the chief priests and the elders ask that question? Well, there's a couple of reasons. And one of them is because um, they were afraid of losing their authority. They were afraid of being blamed for any kind of craziness that was going to go on. They were afraid that that the uh, commotion that Jesus caused the day before would possibly bring the Romans down on them. But the main reason that they were asking that question, by what authority um, are you doing these things, who gave you this authority, is because they didn't give him that authority. And if they didn't give him that authority, then where did he get it? He didn't, to them, to their mind, in their mind, he didn't have that authority. He didn't have the authority to, to set free the uh, sheep that were set aside for sacrifice and turn over the tables of the money changers and let the doves go. He didn't have the authority to do that. But see, part of that idea of, of letting them go is the idea that those guys aren't really needed anymore. The sheep aren't really needed anymore because Jesus came through the sheep gate. He came as the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. And so those sheep, those sacrifices weren't needed anymore. He would become that one final Passover lamb that would wash away our sin, that would take away the sin of the world. And so they asked him because they thought in order for them, him to have authority in their temple that they would have to be the ones that gave it to him. And he answered the question. See, he, he, was, he was pretty astute. I mean, he was God. So he knew their thinking and knew what was going on. And so they asked him the question and he said, I'll ask you one thing. And if you tell me, then I'll answer your question. By what authority um, or the baptism of John, where was it from? Was it from heaven or was it from men? And, and this question was such a great question because if you look at the ministry of Jesus and you look at the ministry of John, they were very similar. John came preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They both came um, and, and baptizing and healing and, uh, and the sick and taking care of those who were lame and, and physically needy. And so their ministry was very much the same. And so if the disciples, if the, if the apostles were to, pardon me, if the uh, chief priests and the elders were to accept the ministry of John as from heaven, then it would make sense that they would also need to accept the ministry of Jesus as from heaven. But they weren't about to do that because he was usurping their authority. 
And so they couldn't say, well, his authority was from heaven. His baptism, the baptism of John was from heaven because if they did that, then they would have to say that your ministry, Jesus, is also from heaven. But they couldn't say the baptism of John was of men because guess what? The crowds believed that John the Baptist was a great prophet. And so they were afraid of the crowds. They couldn't do either one of those answers. And so they took the chickens way out. No disregard to the chickens, by the way. They took the cowards way out and they said, we don't know. In other words, not only were they cowardly, they were also liars. They were afraid of the people and they lied to Jesus and he said, notice what he said. He didn't say, I don't know either. He said, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And if you get the understanding of that, then you can see the rest of this, um, these discourses all the way through uh, Matthew chapter 26, uh, verse uh, I believe it's verse one. All of, you can understand what's going on in all of this because what they have done is they have challenged his authority. And now in giving these parables, uh, the parable of the two sons and of the vine dresser and the parable of the wedding feast and, and then the, the question that is asked about is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar and what about the resurrection and the first commandment of all, what's the first commandment of all? And then the, um, uh, the question of how can David call his descendant Lord and, and the woes to the scribes and Pharisees. And then when Jesus is talking to his disciples, um, lamenting over Jerusalem and talking about the, the end times and the great tribulation and the return of Christ. If you, if you put all of that in the context of this idea of the authority of Jesus Christ and the fact that the, the um, scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders were leading people astray instead of bringing them to God, then you can see, um, you see more of what those parables mean and what they're talking about. Because they were, they were not going to give Jesus the uh, proper authority. They were not going to give him proper honor and bow to him as, as the Lord. The seekers, though, they might. The disciples, they already had. And to know more of what his authority was, would allow them to be stronger through what, in, in what they were going through the next time. And so <clears throat> we come to this and we answer this question. We ask this question, by what authority um, have you done these things? And, what, uh, and, and who has given you the authority to do all of these things? And the answer to that question quite simply is, it's the same authority. The authority comes from the same. Same one that gave him the right to die as the final sacrifice for our sins. The same authority, it is the same authority that gives Jesus the right and the power to rise from the grave and to give us eternal life. It is the same authority that he speaks of when he says to the disciples, all authority has been given to me on heaven, in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It is the authority of heaven. It is the authority of God given to him by God the Father. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love and for your forgiveness. Thank you for the authority of Jesus Christ in the world, in the world and in our lives and in eternity. Father, may we all, through reading and through studying Holy Week and the, the events of his life, 
may we all learn to bow to him as Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Amen.